This is the Advanced Selling Podcast presented by Kasky Achievement Strategies. Now, your hosts, Bill Kasky and Brian Neal. There are four kinds of business. Tourism, food service, railroads, and sales, and hospitals slash manufacturing, and air travel. Thank you, Mr. Carell, for that wise insight into the change of classification of sales from a function to an actual business itself. That was Steve Carell from The Office, one of our favorite shows. That's great. And easily the best episode ever when Steve Carell is giving a talk to some business school students. <laughs> if you haven't seen it, you need to go buy it. You can buy it actually on iTunes. iTunes for a couple bucks. Yeah, for, for 2 or $3, which is where I had it. And it's just a phenomenal episode if you're in business at all. It, Get if, a little you make, if you make presentations to groups, it's just a, it's a priceless. It, it is. It's, it's, it's priceless. absolutely priceless. So my name is Brian Neal. Welcome aboard. My good friend across the table is Bill Kasky. I'm here. We are here just about every week talking about sales strategies and ideas to help you grow your business, grow your personal income, and help you in the sales function itself. Uh, you can get a hold of us by emailing us. Our email address is listener at advancedsellingpodcast.com, listener at advancedsellingpodcast.com. We frequently get emails from our listeners and like to give shout-outs when we can, so uh, join the fray, will you? Mm -hmm. Love to hear from you. So We're also, uh, I'm very pleased, I've got the latest statistics. We are 23,000 strong right Ooh. now. We've got subscribers all over the world. Get a yep. lot of... Uh, a lot of feedback from Europe and from Australia. Got a lot of good friends over there. Uh, just got uh, an email the other day from Klaus. I can't remember his name, and if I did remember it, I probably couldn't pronounce it. Klaus. From, uh, I think he was from Amsterdam. Sounds and, right. Uh, he listens and uh, bought a couple products from us. Bought a product called Selling from Strength, which is one of our leading sellers. It's a, a six-CD set that kind of goes through our entire system. Uh, but anyway, Klaus, a uh, good listener, and so we appreciate all the feedback. I've got a shout-out, too, from actually one of our long-term clients who just started listening to the podcast, emailed me the other day and said, oh, my gosh, I finally listened. This is great and wonderful and all this stuff. Great for him. He said how he uses it is to prep before he goes into sales calls. Just that little five- or seven-minute kind of shot-in-the-arm thing before he goes in is really helpful to him. It's not an aphrodisiac for him? It's not, but his initials are KY, so <laughs> we'll just <laughs> shout out to KY. Hey, it, it is, is what it is. Service. Absolutely. Yes, his initials are KY, and we say when we talk to him, because we talk by initials over there often, that we don't use his initials. I've heard sleeping agents. I've heard people use our podcast for a sleeping, a sleeper, they do. sleeper help. Or we're, we're the new Ambien on, of podcasts. Uh -huh. so, you don't um, get up in the middle of the night and walk around aimlessly no, either. <laughs> not at you all. You might make cold calls in the middle of the night, though. You could. That wouldn't be all bad. <laughs> no, that's a good time to make them. Then no one answers. You used to do <laughs> you that. leave messages. I make my cold calls at 4 in the morning because no one's there. <laughs> leave messages. Then I talk to people. And they Easy all call you up. back, I'm sure. Always, always. Well, I called you back because I know you're a go-getter because you're up at 4 a.m. making cold calls. I like that about you. <laughs> you ever get an email sometimes from people like at 3.30 in the morning? Yes. And even if I were up at 3 doing emails, I'd probably hold and have them sent. You're right. Just so people didn't think I was I've done. So. I've done that before. We, you, as you mentioned, I think on our last show, we've got a newborn, so we're pretty much up every couple hours. And I think I was actually on email the other night at 3.30 sending emails. I didn't really think about that, but... Sorry if you got one of those. Uh, our topic today, we're going to talk about something that seems to be relevant to lots of different salespeople that we, we speak to quite frequently on a weekly basis, and that is the idea of the economic buyer, the economic buyer. Now, I was with a friend of mine who manages an extremely large organization for a very large company that everybody's heard of, and I was asking him some questions, as I do, because he's a really smart guy, about his strategy and his sales approach. He's in the healthcare business. 
And one of the things he talked about was he said our strategy and our approach changes based on whether or not our buyer is an economic buyer. Mm -hmm. I said, well, what, what does that mean? So, well, in the healthcare industry, there are buying groups now that exist with the sole purpose of trying to commoditize every single healthcare item there is in a hospital or in a doctor's office. And it's very, very painful to the providers of healthcare because it starts to diminish the value of the products that the doctors and the nurses and the practitioners all know. Meanwhile, the bean counter or the economic buyer, in his words, on the other side, is solely concerned with driving cost out of the system so they can make profit for their for their healthcare unit division hospital whatever it is. So I thought what a great topic because he he's in a, a situation where he's selling a product that has tremendous amounts of value. It's a life-saving types of uh, products that we're talking about that, that that go to help people with have cancer and things like that. Doctors totally understand the benefits and the value of what he does, but it's much more challenging for them to get the economic buyers to do so, yeah. to understand what that value is. Yeah. So what do we do, A, when we're faced with a situation where a user or a group in the, in, in the, in the influencing group within the prospect company gets the value idea that we're, that we're communicating, but someone else, perhaps the purchasing division, doesn't get it and says, well, we can get that for, for 40% less yeah, over here or buying it from somewhere yeah. else. So what do we do with that? Let's talk about that first. So let's talk about it, though, because you, you've brought up this healthcare thing, and that is, I mean, there are companies that just do the, the um, what they call them, buying groups or whatever, yeah. and all they're looking at is price. But there's right. also the equation of when you're calling on a business to, to business and, uh, and there's a CFO or someone inside that business. So uh, I think it, even if you don't think, if you're not in healthcare and you don't think that applies, it still applies in a way because in some, in some form or fashion, if you're selling business-to-business -business organizations on your products, there's probably an economic buyer or someone who cares more about the money than the next person does. Yep. So let's talk about it from that standpoint because maybe there's some things we can all learn from that. Yeah, the, the, I guess the first observation there, what you just said, is there's always someone watching the cookie jar. There's yeah. always somebody watching the cookie jar. Oftentimes, though, it's not the person we're calling on. True. It could be a controller. It could be an accounting firm. could be a CFO, as you mentioned. CEO. Mm -hmm. CEO. Uh, hopefully we're calling on CEOs, but if we're not, it could be somebody else. So, but just be aware that your, the checks that your customers or your prospects are writing are going to write to you don't go unnoticed. It's not like you cut the deal with the, the VP of sales or whatnot and the controller never sees uh, that, that happen. I met, I was with one of our clients at a going away party for one of their senior level people and it was just the senior management team at this little going away gathering or having a glass of wine. And uh, he said, hi, my name is, I'll say, my name is Tom. And I said, hi, Tom, I'm Brian Neal. He said, yeah, I, I, I remember seeing your checks every month go out. Yeah. And he knew exactly who I was, and I guarantee he knew how much the checks were yeah. that went out that went to me, and I've never met this guy. So he's paying attention. I know did he, he run away from you he then? Or did he he didn't. Like no, he actually hugged me. It was a very strange, strange thing. But he, had, he was the one retiring? He hugged me. No, no, oh, no, he, he was sticking around. Right. No. Okay. Yeah, well, so maybe we come up with some, some notions here and some lessons from this uh, because it is a complex topic, and there's a lot of things that could happen up front that could – put you into this situation yep. and sometimes you just can't get out of it but yep. it, I've got a, a couple notions I've written down you've got a couple we've not shared them we've not cross-pollinated them at all I did not call my notions though is that okay <laughs> uh, what did you call them Brian I didn't I just numbered them one you have four. to name them okay I'll name way. them yeah considerations I'm gonna call them postulates oh, can postulates. I call is that, does that work I'm gonna call them postulates um, okay here's one I just thought of a new one I just wrote it down too based on what we just talked about postulate a new postulate Here here's it comes. the theorem postulate I'm sorry uh, not quite proven yet. The postulate here is 
call around your prospect organization. Be everywhere. Recognize what we said earlier that someone's watching the cookie jar and be sure that you have relationship and or interface with those people that are doing so. Because it inter seems what? to make interface interface, yeah, to to to, to talk with them. Inter inter <laughs> Thank you. I just zoned out for a minute. Yeah, there, that's and, okay. And I, then you heard me say interface. That um we've got to get to know those people and form relationships with them. Because at some point they're gonna be in the in the executive's office and they're gonna be having a discussion about the financial health of the business, and they're gonna say, Oh man, our uh, EBIT's a little low this month. Where can we? Where are some expenses we can cut? They're going to go to that list of expenses. And say, well, hell, we're writing a check to, for $14,000 to these guys every month. What's going on there? Uh, so just form that relationship so that they understand at least the value that you're bringing to who your constituent is uh, outside of that financial person. So your first one is make sure that everyone possible knows your value yeah and don't rely on the vp of whatever to communicate your value to the cfo because he or she might not be able to do it you got you're it. saying you have to do that yep and, and i put down here there's a there's a meeting where economics are discussed maybe every month maybe every quarter and you're probably not invited to that meeting because that's an internal staff kind of meeting right so when they get to your line item do they say oh that's that's brian neal we're certainly not going to do anything with that next line Yep. Or do they say, "Wow, we're paying we're paying them this. Wow, well this this is a good place. We could cut twenty percent of this." So just be careful and understand where you fall in the pecking order. Uh, I've wanted to use that that term for a long time. I felt like I didn't <laughs> use it. Uh, of expenses and expenditures in the company on yeah. the on the P and L statement. That's very good. Very good. Do you have any uh, uh, notions over there? Yeah, I've got a notion, notion guy. Well, I'm calling my <laughs> notions. Much better than postulates. Because I heard that on NPR the other day. The, the word notion. I thought that was. Um, let, let me, I think that no one's buying and decision-making is purely economic. I know there are people who care about the economics maybe more than others, and in your example, it's this uh, buying group, but I still don't think I have a little bit of uh, faith in human beings that everything's not purely economics. Yeah. I think there are other factors. What we don't know sometimes is what those factors are for the purchasing agent, because I think purchasing agents sort of get lumped into this, well, they have no soul, they have no heart, all they have is a brain, they, they, count, they count dollars. I don't buy that. Yeah. I think purchasing agents have uh, pets, and they have kids, and their pets and kids <laughs> love them, and they're heartfelt people. I think sometimes we don't give them a chance to see other reasons to buy other than just price. Yep, I agree, and it's interesting, because we did not cross-pollinate before this show. And my number one says it's never just economics, okay. right. never just economics. So there's some. Well, uh, consider this pollinated. Then. We, yeah, the notions are officially pollinated. So be it. Okay. Yeah, I was looking here on my computer to see if I had the, the song uh, Rock the Boat, Don't Rock the Boat, Baby. Because uh -huh. I'd, like I'd like to know where you got the you're notion. You're like this multimedia guy. I am. Yeah, I'm like a DJ now. Hey, coming hey, in hey, the hey, office. Everybody. like to know where you get the Okay, number two for me. Yep. Everybody, this this sort of dovetails, I like that word too, dovetails off of yours, which is personal pain. Why is it, if economics is the number one factor, why is it that for that particular person? Because oftentimes, as we, I used in my friend's example, the person who's the bean counter, the guy watching the cookie jar, has different personal pain than that doctor who's administering this particular treatment and using my friend's equipment. They have different pains. So we've got to make sure as we're walking around talking to different people, we understand what those pains are. What happens to the purchasing agent or that CFO if they sign an agreement or invest in something that is the premium price product, and they've got to go justify that to a board or to the CEO? 
what's their personal pain? What's in it? What are they trying to accomplish good. personally? Very good. Okay. I've got uh, one here, and that is that typically when we talk about the economic buyer, we're yeah. talking about the economic output. We're talking about the cost of the product. We're not cost talking about the cost of the problem they're trying to solve by buying the product. So economics has two sides of the equation. And usually we will get, the, the, the purchasing agent probably won't care about one, the, the side of the equation where they're solving a problem that costs them money. They will care about the other side. Yep. So in a way, I think we've got to get both sides of the equation in the room together so that we're not making decisions based solely on cost or solely on what it costs to solve the problem. Both of those people have to be together. So in a way, your process, your sales process, should demand and and you should be indignant about sometime in the process having those two people sit in a room somehow or on a call where the discussion is about not only the cost, but uh, the cost of the pain, but also the cost of the solution. Great advice. Can I get time for one more? Yeah, you do. One more. Uh, One more. Um, Is it, ask the question, is it worth the investment that you're going to have to make in either discounting or taking a thinner margin or is it better to cut bait and walk? And there's a book called The Blue Ocean Strategy by a couple of really smart people, Chan Kim and Renee Magborn. I don't know how to say her name. That's this probably book not it. It's probably not it. Mug, 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 mug. Yeah, we'll just call her and say, hey, Renee. Renee. Um, very great book, all about forgetting about the competition. Don't fight in the red ocean where all the sharks are yeah. trying to cut pennies. Go find a place to play where there are fewer, comp- fewer competitors, where you can charge premium stuff, play in the blue ocean. That would be my last That's great. My last word. Once again, call us at 317-722-6299. 317-722-6299. Ask us a question. Stump the chumps. Stump as, the chumps. Uh, click and clack might say. I would do that. Uh, or you can email us at listener at advancedsellingpodcast.com or go to the advancedsellingpodcast.com website and uh, you can check in with us there. Very good. Enjoy it today. Yep. See you next week. Bye. This has been the Advanced Selling Podcast, presented by Kasky Achievement Strategies, Indianapolis. Join us each time we record a new podcast by going to BillKasky.com or to iTunes.